Hi, Shannon Waller here, and welcome to this episode of the Team Success Podcast. Today, we're going to talk about a really interesting topic called procrastination, and more importantly, overcoming procrastination. Now, you may be thinking, how does this actually impact teamwork? And I've given some thought to this, so I want to share some of those thoughts with you. Well, when we procrastinate, this is when we put things off that need to get done. If you put off something that doesn't need to get done, that's a different conversation. But when we put off things that we've committed to, that we've promised to other people, that we've told ourselves would be really significant or meaningful or important to do, and we don't do them, or at least don't do them in a timely manner, or we're really rushed and don't do a great job of it against the deadline, then it actually has fairly serious repercussions for other people. So what are those, just to say why this is a meaningful topic? Well, I've decided that the reason why it's a problem is that it actually causes drag on the team. So if you think about speed and momentum and making progress and moving ahead quickly, and and I don't know about you, but I like to get my results as fast as possible. Why wait? Is kind of my motto. Then drag is that pulling back. It's almost friction, drag, things that hold back momentum, hold back fast results and progress. That's really the cost of procrastination. And we feel it for ourselves, but I know prior to really giving us some in-depth thinking, I was mostly focused on how does this impact me, not paying attention to how it actually impacted other people. And I think this is pretty important. One of the other negative impacts is that it causes people to lose their good reputation. If you gain a reputation for being late, being perhaps just doing the minimum standard, Even if your body language reflects the fact that you don't really want to do something, but you say you're going to do it anyway, people stop believing you. Trust gets impacted, and trust is absolutely essential to really great teamwork. It also causes projects to lose momentum. By the way, I'm sure I've also been the cause of some of the procrastination and lack of progress on some projects. But other projects where I have a whole head of steam and creativity, and other people keep getting delayed or other things get prioritized ahead of this part of my project, It's a huge cost to my creativity and to my momentum. When we don't finish new projects or new products, we can't get them to market. We can't sell them. We can't put in place the efficiencies if that's something we were working on. So business slows down. Business results don't happen the way that they're supposed to or need to. And that's part of the cost of procrastination. And we also just let other people down and they often have to cover for us. So eventually you can actually start to get bypassed if you procrastinate too much or you get a reputation for procrastinating. Now that I've stressed you out with that, (laughs) why do we procrastinate and what are we like when we actually get called on it? Well, I know if I get called on procrastinating, which I certainly have been known to do extensively, I get really defensive. I get stressed. It's also easy to get vague. This is sometimes my clue sometimes that people are procrastinating is they get very vague about the status of a project, where something is at. They're unwilling to be pinned down. They refuse to give any measurables. And it drives me batty. I don't like when I do that. And I really don't like when other people do that. But those are kind of clues. And those are very natural. So again, defensive, stressed. And sometimes it can even lead to... It's not quite lying. It's a little bit like lying to yourself. Like, oh, yes, it's in progress because you're planning and going home and doing it late tonight, but you're probably exhausted and it doesn't happen. Then you put it off the next day or you justify why you didn't get it done. So you may be very full of really good intentions, but they don't materialize into reality. And that's, again, part of the problem. This is a big deal. Now, bottom line, why do we procrastinate? And it does not mean that you're a bad person. 
and I know everyone procrastinates at some point. And I have some thoughts for you as to why you do and what you can do about it. So I think you'll find this intriguing. And by the way, it doesn't matter if you're the business owner, a team leader, a team member, everyone puts off something. The more, by the way, that you can design your role so that it doesn't involve things that you would procrastinate on, the better. That's one of the solutions. But let's go back to the why. Well, a lot of times we procrastinate about things that we're not very good. So you may not have the mental energy for it. You may not have the emotional energy, or you may not even have the physical energy for something. And this is really, really important to pay attention to. You know, I was just recording a podcast about the impact of fatigue, and this is a big deal. So if there's a certain type of activity that is fatiguing or you're simply not rested, of course you're going to put something off. That actually is strategic because you just don't have what it takes to get it done. So really paying attention to and respecting what you have energy for and what you don't. Now, one of the things that I've learned, and I learned this after I did the Colby profile and figured out my Colby, what's called MO or mode of operation. And by the way, if you're interested in doing your own, if you haven't already, kolbe.com, colby.com, do your Colby A index, brilliant way of measuring what you have mental energy for and what you don't, and is the only validated instrument that does this. So unlike personality, unlike intelligence, there's no right or wrong answer. You cannot fail. It's not a test. But I loved when it demonstrated to me that out of a scale of one to 10, I'm a three on fact finder, a two on something called follow through, a nine quick start, and a five, what's called implementer, using your hands. So this explains why I could be full of good intentions for analyzing information and collecting data and organizing it into charts. I could be very full of good intentions. I'm intelligent, so I've been told. So I know that technically I should be able to have the mental horsepower to do this, but I wouldn't. I would do anything to not have to organize detailed information. And I know in earlier roles I've had in my career, that was my job. <laughs> and I would put it off and put it off. And because my creativity kicks in at the last minute, I would do it at the last minute. But it took so much mental energy for me to be accurate, for me to be specific. Again, it's not an intelligence issue. It's how much mental energy do I have for this type of activity? And when I finally got my Colby, I'm like, oh, that's why. I coached this last week to some of our clients at Strategic Coach, and it was like they're expecting themselves to be really great at scheduling. And they think, I must get better at doing this. And they kind of beat themselves up. And I'm like, you're too in follow through. There's no way in a million years that you're going to schedule for more than about a minute. And even when you do, it might be wrong. <laughs> so give up now and get help. My expression for myself is never schedule alone. That's my personal motto. Unfortunately, I have a fabulous support partner who's brilliant at when I'm not. And that's actually part of the solution is that you partner up with someone who has mental energy where you don't. So you borrow it. Even if I have to do some personal scheduling, like booking a flight for a vacation or something, I have Nicole, my support partner, sit across the desk from me and go through it with me because I can kind of borrow her brain. <laughs> I can borrow her perspective. And she has confidence where I don't. And then I'll be successful because I have her with me. I still do it, but she's coaching me through the whole process. And that is such a great strategy. And again, it has nothing to do with role, nothing to do with position. I could care less. What it has to do with is how much mental energy do you have for a certain type of task? And I just think that that is such a refreshing and workable strategy. There's no ego involved. I know there's things that I have a ton of mental energy for, and I've been told I'm really, really good at it, and I enjoy heartily. That's where my mental energy goes. It does not go to scheduling or administrative anything. So I need help with that. And I am very clear and open and 
realistic about that, nor do I feel like I should do it any differently. So if you're procrastinating, instead of just beating yourself up, which is what everybody does, thinking you should be better, I like the fact that should was a four-letter word in my household growing up. I was not allowed to say it. I could get away more easily with swearing than I could with saying the word should, next to my mom. And when I met Dan, he said, should is an externally imposed expectation. It does not come from you. And since at Coach, we're always helping people figure out their own wisdom, their own intrinsic knowledge that they can take and make valuable to the world, something that's should, eh, who says If a certain type of talent is not factory installed, good. Know that and go borrow it. Go do a deal with someone who's brilliant at that aspect that you're not. That's the whole basis of unique ability teamwork, really. So again, just appreciate that you have a very unique composition. How you're put together is incredibly special. Learn where your mental energy is. Learn where your emotional energy goes. Learn where your physical energy goes and respect it. And if you've committed to things or things need to get done that is outside of that, that's where you want to partner up. That's where you want to figure out someone else in your life who can help you, who's willing to be supportive, who's willing to sit with you if that's what it requires. Think about it even just from a physical standpoint. Let's just take physical exercise for a moment. I think this might stick in your mind. And with physical exercise, can someone else run on the treadmill for you and you get the results? Unfortunately, no. I wish that was possible, but it's not. But can you hire a personal trainer who will make sure that you do, in fact, run on the treadmill and burn those calories and get your aerobic capacity up? Yes, you can. So we can delegate the structure. We can delegate the, again, mental energy at least, to making sure that we do what we think is best for us. So if you're someone who procrastinates on exercise, people talk about getting a buddy. One of the best strategies I've heard from Dan at Sullivan and Bab Smith, who own and run Strategic Coach, is that they hire their personal trainer and they pay him a year in advance. And the sessions are scheduled a year in advance. Not that there isn't some change throughout the year, but when you have paid in advance for something, you take away any of that internal conversation. Should I? Shouldn't I? Do I feel like it today or not? Well, when you know someone's knocking on your door at 6 a.m., you're going to get up at 5.40 and get ready. So just by putting in place the prompt or the structure and someone else with whom to partner to get that done can be very powerful. So that's a personal example. But back to our teamwork examples, I think it's incredibly important to do and just to make our teamwork work better. Now, I know some of you are thinking to yourselves, I don't have anybody who can help me. So what do you do when you just have to get something done and you can't afford to procrastinate on it any longer and there isn't anyone handy that can support you do it. Well, then you actually, this is going to sound strange, but my advice is don't think about it. Make it a habit. So if it's getting a report done on time, a lot of what's exhausting is the mental energy we make deciding or whether or not we feel like doing it in this particular moment and we decide we don't, so we put it off. And what you want to do here is actually just don't think about it. Same as brushing or flossing your teeth or whatever kind of great habits you have in your life. You don't think about them. You just do them. And that's really what it takes. And so to put in place those great habits, you want to start really, 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 really small. And if you need a resource on this or want one, phenomenal book is One Small Step Can Change Your Life by Dr. Robert Moore. Again, One Small Step Can Change Your Life by Dr. Moore. And I have a great author interview with him. He was such a joy to talk to. So if you want to do that, it's on the Team Success podcast as well. He talks about starting small. And this actually gets to my last thing I'm going to talk about, how to prevent or get over procrastinating. And that is sometimes we procrastinate because something is simply too big. We do not know what to do next. What I've learned is often what I need to do is actually 
take this big thing that I'm putting off, mostly because, frankly, it's a little bit big and scary and often vague in my mind. Or it could be something at home, like cleaning up my closet, or it could be something like at work, like cleaning up my desk, which is, happens frequently, or some big project. And I just don't know where to start. And what I've discovered is if I can just pull out a piece of paper and I can figure out what is the first question I need to answer, or what is the very first action step I need to take? And by writing down the question I need to answer, it's like, what is the first thing I need to figure out in order to move ahead with this project? And I try and make it something really small and doable. And often that means I need to do a Google search or I need to talk to someone or make a particular phone call. It boils down to something that simple. And once I get started, then I capture momentum. Often I put something off again because I think it's so big and unattainable and I haven't figured it out yet. Just by figuring out what is the first small step that I can take to take action, then I'm like, oh, well, that wasn't so hard. And then what's the next thing I could do? What's the next question I need to get answered? And I love to get a group of people around me, especially if it's a big project where it requires teamwork. I'll say, hey, guys, I'm feeling a little bit stuck with this project can you help me out here? Here's where I'm clear. Here's where I'm vague. Here's where I'm not. And then my team is brilliant. They're just creative, engaged people, and they'll help me out. And there'll be something in that conversation that twigs me like, okay, great. Thank you. I know exactly what to do. Or someone offers some help and then bam, I'm off and running. So that's really powerful. The trick is to not put it off so long that you are isolated at midnight trying to get something done the next day, compromising your sleep, probably compromising the quality of the project. And because you said it was probably more done than it actually was, all of the weight is on your shoulders. It is really, really important to tell yourself much sooner in the process that, oh, I'm feeling stuck with this. This feels like something I could be procrastinating about. Get help then. It can be simple. doesn't have to be a big deal. And don't worry about whether or not you think you should be able to do the whole thing yourself. We all need help. This is all about teamwork. This is about team success. So it's asking people questions. Hey, this is feeling a little bit big and scary for me. Can you help me break it down? People I know around me are brilliant at breaking things down. And other things that they find scary, I don't. And I'd love to be able to contribute to their projects. So if we just trust that there's a natural collaboration and teamwork available to us, if we simply took advantage of it, I think would be really important. A couple of other small things that you can do is set a prompt in your calendar to get started. Give yourself a really short period of time. So if you think something's going to take five hours and you know you can't block off the whole five hours, good. Set a timer for 15 minutes or even 10 and then see what you can get done in 10 minutes bam, again, you'll be way, way further ahead than you think. And then set the next 10 minutes. So forget the five hours, you'll get there. Probably, by the way, it doesn't take that long. And give yourself a short sprint. That works really well. And then the last, last strategy is to reward yourself. Set up an incentive. So is it going for a walk? Is it chocolate? Is it coffee? (laughs) Whatever it is. Great conversation with somebody. If you prefer to talk to clients and sit down and do some report, then promise yourself a client call afterwards. Or the reverse could be true, okay? So perhaps you'd rather do the report and you don't want to call a client. Good, call a client first, then you get to work on your report. So whatever motivates you, use that as a little carrot to dangle in front of yourself and get it going. All right, so the bottom line that I want to leave you with is that procrastination is natural, it's normal. It's often an indication that you don't have the physical, emotional, or mental energy for a particular type of task, which means you need to kind of restore yourself and or get help. 
partner up with someone who's brilliant at those things. And then again, the second part of that is to really break it down. So respect yourself, know yourself well enough to know the kind of things you procrastinate on and things that you don't. Partner up with other people and then break it down so it's not so scary, so it's not so big, so it's not so intimidating. And take advantage of short sprints, take advantage of rewards. And again, lastly, but to say it for the fifth time, is to really take advantage of other people's talents. They want to help you. So do not forget about teamwork. That will get you out of procrastination circumstances so quickly, you'll be amazed. So my goal is that you get momentum and traction and excitement and optimism with your projects as opposed to that incredible weight that can happen when we procrastinate. So I hope you found this conversation interesting. Thank you very much for listening. If you have any questions or comments, please let us know at questionsastrategiccoach.com. And as always, here's to your team success. Hi, Shannon here, and thank you very much for listening. If you like what you heard today, please take a moment to rate the Team Success Podcast on iTunes, and we'd love it if you'd share the podcast with anyone else who could benefit. If you're interested in learning more about the Strategic Coach Program for Entrepreneurs, visit us at strategiccoach.com or the Strategic Coach channel on YouTube. For free downloads and more Team Success strategies, visit teamsuccesshandbook.com. Oh,